one. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week's briefing. Um, we will hear today from Public Health, our Finance Department, and our Community Development Division, and then I have a number of updates. So we will start with our Director of Public Health, Janelle Heinrich. Good morning. Um, it has been an incredibly busy uh, 10 days, I think it is. Since September 1st, we have experienced a marked increase in COVID cases. And in the past week, Dane County has added 1,281 new cases that we'll be releasing a more complete uh, data snapshot on later today. And you may have noticed that this morning, uh, we posted the new cases from yesterday that totaled 456. That is our highest one-day um, record. And our team is working to determine how many of these new cases are affiliated with UW-Madison students or staff. Because someone may be tested at a community test site, we don't know if they are a UW student or staff member until they are interviewed. But we anticipate that as many as 85% of these cases are UW-affiliated. Um, and the trend over the past week has been about 75% of UW-affiliated cases. As you might imagine, we are closely, closely monitoring this recent spike. We are tracking case counts and spread within the community and the effect of this um, on our healthcare system and our contact tracing capacity. We know that hospitalization rates and deaths tend to lag behind in cases and where that may impact the spread into our community as well will not be known uh, for a little while yet. And we hope that everything that is happening right now will support keeping uh, transmission contained. Um, we have taken a number of actions as well as the UW to minimize the spread of virus. Uh, we have issued quarantine notices to sororities and fraternities. The university issued um, a restriction on movement for 14 days on the 7th. And then yesterday uh, made notice that they were uh, shifting to two weeks of remote instruction and placed two residence halls under quarantine. You know, keep in mind that as I said before, uh, we, we really hope and we are working very hard to identify uh, and talk with all the cases and follow up with contacts to make sure that they have the appropriate resources. This is happening by University Health Services staff as well as Public Health Madison Dane County to provide that support right now uh, so that we can support people's ability to be quarantined and to minimize risk of transmission. But given what's happening right now, it's just another moment to remind all of you that we need to do everything that we can within our own control to take the precautions to protect your health and safety. Uh, stay home if you don't need to go out. Uh, order in, curbside, limit those social gatherings to small groups and wear your masks, uh, face coverings when you're with people outside of your bubble. Um, and just assume, right, we have been saying this for quite a while, community spread is happening across Dane County. It is happening across the state of Wisconsin. Uh, what we are experiencing here in Madison and Dane County 
is significant, and the rest of the state is having um, seeing some differences in, in their COVID experience as well. So uh, it's really important for all of us to be mindful of the things that we can take control of to keep ourselves, our friends, and our family healthy. Be happy to answer questions later. Thank you, Janelle. Uh, next, we'll hear from Laura Larson, who's our budget director in the finance department about the budget process. Good morning, everyone. Um, work began on building the city's budget for the upcoming year earlier this spring uh, with agency kickoffs, um, providing the mayor's guidance uh, for next year's budget. The city's budget is introduced uh, before the Common Council in two phases, starting with the, op with the capital budget and followed by the operating budget. The executive capital budget was introduced to the full council last Tuesday, September 1st. The finance committee completed their budget briefings with agencies uh, over a two-day period that were wrapped up last night. Uh, members of the Finance Committee and full Council are now in the process of proposing and drafting potential amendments to the executive budget. Votes on these amendments will take place at the Finance Committee meeting scheduled for September 21st. Uh, we are in the process of finalizing the executive operating budget. Um, we began the planning process for the operating budget facing a $25 million shortfall in the city's general fund for the upcoming year. The mayor will release an executive budget that balances this shortfall on October 6th. The Finance Committee will hold uh, briefings on the proposed budget on October 12th and 13th, and the full council is scheduled to vote on the budget during the week of November 10th. Thank you, Laura, and I encourage uh, folks to tune into those meetings. Um, you can find the full budget schedule on the city's website uh, under the finance department, um, and we certainly invite folks to um, contact my office, the council office, um, or via public comment, uh, let us know what your priorities are for Madison's budget in 2021. Next, we're gonna hear from Hugh Wing of our community development division uh, about youth employment programs. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, my name is Hugh Wing and I work for Community Development Division. Uh, we're, we're excited to announce uh, the expansion of youth employment for the fall. Uh, summer 2020 has been a tough time for youth during the COVID pandemic and uh, many youth opportunities for employment weren't open or available and the youth have suffered a lot and uh, youth wanting to work have often found the availability this summer not possible. Youth employment remains a priority for the city, even during the pandemic. We're looking to be creative and add more funds to this area. The city supports nine community-based organizations that run 16 different programs, 13 of which are summer. Many of these programs are offered virtual, uh, hybrid or face-to-face -face work this summer. The expansion will allow five of these organizations to, to replicate or expand their programs in the fall, allowing up to 80 youth to be employed for the fall months. Uh, 
60% of the funds will go to youth wages. I really want to congratulate the leadership of our community-based organizations and partners and staff to make this a possibility during these very difficult times. Um, we're keen to see more opportunities as the youth are looking for more than virtual engagement. So we're very keen to support this and very uh, excited about the Mayor's announcement yesterday to expand for youth employment. Thank you, Hugh. I'm very excited about these programs as well, and I certainly hope that they will provide more opportunity for young people uh, in our community. I have a number of things um, to go through, so we'll do our best to, to get through them in a timely fashion so we can still take some questions. Um, I want to start with um, a reminder that um, we are looking to uh, support and expand childcare capacity for elementary school aged kids. Um, everyone knows, I think, that virtual instruction uh, this fall has meant that many families are struggling to uh, make arrangements for care um, of their um, kids, uh, particularly elementary age kids. Um, and so this increased need for childcare is um, a real issue in our community and I want to thank the school district and MSCR for everything that they're doing to provide additional childcare slots as well as um, the agencies throughout our community um, that are providing childcare. Um, we know uh, that even though the city and the school district have provided significant funding to help families afford the childcare that they need, um, that that will not cover all of the anticipated need in our community. Um, accordingly, we have partnered here at the city with the school district and with United Way to establish a childcare scholarship fund through the United Way. Um, and we are asking um, business and phil philanthropic members of our community to donate to this fund to support childcare in our community. Funds will be distributed directly to the nonprofit organizations providing care, um, including neighborhood centers and childcare centers. Um, and they will go to support low-income elementary school-age children um, with childcare and virtual learning support. Our goal is to raise $400,000, which would allow 150 children to attend full-time programming for free. Contributions to the fund can be made by contacting the United Way of Dane County or going to their website. And I want to thank the local organizations and companies that have already donated to this fund. We very much appreciate your generosity um, and encourage folks to um, do what they can to make these opportunities, again, available to young people in our community. Um, I also want to um, note that we have uh, released an update, a progress update on the comprehensive plan. Um, our comprehensive plan, which is called Imagine Madison, um, was built off of interactions with over 15,000 Madisonians, um, including many historically underrepresented groups, um, and is the guiding vision for our community. Um, 
the 2020 progress update was released recently. It highlights projects from 2019 that have advanced plan recommendations and tracks the status of each of the plan's recommended actions. And that update is available on the Imagine Madison website, uh, which is imaginemadisonwi.com. I encourage folks to take a look at that. Um, I also want to remind everyone that we do have a, a big election coming up in November, and um, our clerk's office is hard at work making sure that everybody uh, will have access to the ballot uh, in a healthy and safe way. Um, this morning I had a chance to visit with some of our amazing volunteers who are preparing uh, absentee ballots to be mailed out to folks in our community. Um, so I want to thank everybody who has already registered to vote and anybody who has uh, requested your absentee ballot. They are on their way to you shortly. And encourage anybody that isn't yet registered to please register to vote. Um, and if you are so inclined, uh, request your absentee ballot. There will be multiple opportunities for folks to return those ballots in person um, if you don't want to mail them back. And there also will be multiple opportunities for folks to vote early in-person absentee, as well as, of course, uh, at the polls on Election Day. I do want to just run through a couple of things, some of the commonly asked questions that we have um, about particularly uh, registering and voter ID. Um, so first of all, I want to make sure that people understand that the address on your voter ID does not matter. When the voter ID is checked, the poll workers are only looking to verify your identity, that you are you, uh, not where you live. Um, and Wisconsin offers a grace period for the expiration date on your ID. Um, so a driver's license, uh, which, uh, an ID card issued by a Wisconsin DOT, a U.S. passport, or a military ID can be expired as long as the expiration date is later than the date of the last November election, which was November 6th, 2018. Also, I want to remind folks that someone convicted of a felony may vote once they've served their sentence and are off paper. Uh, Wisconsin is one of the states that restores civil rights, including voting rights, to ex-felons when they've completed all the terms of their sentence. They just need to re-register to vote with proof of address. Uh, in, speaking of proof of address, you don't need a traditional street address to register to vote. Someone who is without a traditional street address can use uh, the diagram on the voter registration form to indicate where they return to each day. And for proof of address, they may use a letter from a social service agency that provides services to the homeless. Uh, I mentioned absentee ballots. Uh, we do need a paper trail for each absentee request. So you can uh, request your absentee ballot using the form available on the clerk's website, or you can send an email message to voting at cityofmadison.com and the clerk's office uh, will respond to that and um, connect you with the way to request your ballot. Or you can submit your request through myvote.wi.gov. Uh, your request needs to include your name, the address that you're registered at, and the address to which your ballot should be sent. And you will need to provide the clerk's office with a copy of your voter ID if you haven't already done so. Again, very much encourage people to take advantage of the absentee ballot option. And finally, I want to make sure that everybody understands that absentee ballots are counted at the polls on election day, every single one of them. 
I believe the clerk told me this morning that there's something like 80,000 being mailed out. So I want to thank in advance all the poll workers who are going to run those ballots at the polls on election day. All right. Uh, another opportunity uh, for uh, public participation and input. Um, the Mattis Police and Fire Commission is in the process of hiring a new police chief and they are hosting two virtual community listening sessions to gather input on that hiring process. The first of these sessions is Saturday, September 12th at 1 p.m. Uh, members of the public are invited to join via Zoom, via telephone, or by watching the live stream on the city website or on the award-winning Madison City Channel. There are a number of other methods for public input into this process. There is a community input survey um, which is available in English, Spanish, and Hmong, and can be accessed at cityofmadison.com slash PFC. Um, they're also holding a virtual listening session on the evening of Thursday, September 17th. Um, you can submit written comments to policechiefsearch at cityofmadison.com. Um, they continue to take public input at their meetings. Um, and so, again, at uh, cityofmadison.com slash PFC, you can find out when those meetings are. Um, community members may leave a voice message with their input um, by calling 608-266-6574. Again, that's 608-266-6574. Um, or you can provide written input via the U.S. mail. Again, that address for that is at cityofmadison.com slash PFC. I also want to highlight, as I always do, um, ways that folks in our community can get help if they need it. Um, uh, and I'll say that the, the place that you should start is with 211, which is provided by our United Way. And they can help you access housing resources, food options, and other social services that you or your family might need. But in particular, if you are homeless or in danger of losing housing, you can call the city's housing helpline which is 608-264-0549, that's 608-264-0549, or email housinginfo at cityofmadison.com. Um, if you uh, need to be connected to emergency food options, again, you can call 211 or you can text your zip code to 898-211, that's 898-211, text your zip code. Uh, if you need help uh, with internet service or phone service, you can call the Public Service Commission at 608-267-3595. If you need help finding a child care provider, you can call a referral specialist from Community Coordinated Child Care at 608-216-7022. That's 608-216-7022. And all of these resources and more are posted at cityofmadison.com. If you click on the community resources link. Uh, finally, we have some upcoming meetings uh, to highlight. Today uh, at 2.30 p.m., the Early Childhood Care and Education Committee is meeting. At 4.30 p.m., the Water Utility Board meets. Also at 4.30, the Community Development Authority meets. At 5, the Equal Opportunities Commission has a meeting. Also at 5, the Madison Public Library Board meets. 
and at 5.30, the Community Development Block Grant Committee meets. All of these meetings are virtual, and if you go to the city's website, uh, you can click on the meetings link and find the connections for how to register if you wish to speak at these meetings uh, or just to watch them. Um, on Friday, the 11th at noon, the Public Safety Review Subcommittee will meet. On Monday, the 14th at 5, the Landmarks Commission meets. At 5.30, the Police and Fire Commission will meet. And also at 5.30, the Plan Commission will meet. On Tuesday, the 15th at 4.30, the Common Council Executive Committee meets. And then at 6.30, we have a Common Council meeting. And on Wednesday, the 16th at 5.30, the Alcohol License Review Committee. Again, these are all virtual meetings. All right, so that is my list of updates. And uh, so now we have uh, a few minutes to take questions. Linda, do we have questions? Yes, Mayor. Um, we have one for the budget director, um, a number for Janelle, and a few for you. All right, well, let's start with Laura, and we'll go from there. Hi, Laura. Could you briefly explain the difference between capital and operating budget? So the capital budget funds major infrastructure and equipment investments uh, that uh, take place over a series of years. Um, these projects include things like street reconstruction. Um, it also includes funding for um, implementation of bus rapid transit and then investment in affordable housing in the community. Uh, funding for capital investment is done through uh, geo-borrowing and other borrowing mechanisms that are ultimately repaid either through the property tax or through uh, rate, rates that our ratepayers pay through the sewer utility and water utility. The operating budget, on the other hand, funds the day-to-day -day costs of uh, providing city services. The largest share of our operating budget is, uh, funds the staff um, that keep all of uh, our city departments going. Um, the largest uh, share of revenue for our operating budget is um, the city's property tax, um, but uh, also is funded by um, ratepayers from the sewer, uh, storm, water, um, and other enterprise uh, utilities. Thank you, Laura. Yes, Janelle, please. Hi, Janelle. Um, the first question for you is, County Executive Joe Parisi has called on UW-Madison to send students home, but we have heard from health experts and doctors that it's best for students to stay on campus and quarantine rather than go home and spread to other communities. What is the opinion of your department um, about what the university should do with students after seeing a large spike? Yes, thank you for that question. Yes, nationally there is um, uh, recommendations to keep students on campus. Uh, there is no good answer to this. Lots of people living in congregate, congregate living facilities will increase and potentially hasten the spread of illness amongst this population, which may have an impact on the future in our community, but returning them home has the risk of introducing illness into their own home communities, which is, which is something to be considered as well in that decision point. Um, the next question is, how will quarantined uh, UW students be tested? Are there plans for additional sites on campus? And what is your department's role in preventing further outbreak? 
Uh, we are in contact regularly with University Health Services, who is coordinating the testing and contact tracing on campus. Uh, it is my um, uh, it has been shared with me that the, the folks that are in quarantine in Celery and Witty will be uh, tested today or tomorrow, and we are, in, we are in regular contact with them, but they have the most updated information on those plans. Um, the other question is, is your department considering a new order that would pertain only to downtown? We are not at this point. Um, and currently, the county is, a hold, is in a holding pattern due to the new spike in COVID-19 cases. Um, how is your department looking to make decisions uh, going forward, um, either about tightening or relaxing um, restrictions on businesses? We will do what we always have done, is to pay careful attention to the data. We regularly review the forward Dane metrics. That's what we post our snapshot on uh, every week. Um, and that will help inform when we are in the place to be able to move forward and what, and what that aligns with in the next, uh, hopefully, forward motion. Thank you, Janelle. And we have time for one more question for the mayor. Um, what is the impact of UW-Madison's uh, UW decision and changes on the city? Uh, what are your thoughts on what should happen? Well, obviously, this is a very difficult situation for everyone. Um, the number of cases that you heard earlier from Janelle is very disturbing and, and concerning. Um, throughout this entire um, COVID-19 pandemic, uh, we have really tried to stay focused on, first of all, everyone's health and safety, and second of all, making sure that the capacity of our healthcare system is sufficient to address the spread of the disease in our community. And so that's something that I think we have to stay focused on. Um, I understand that UW-Madison is doing their best um, to um, provide the testing, the contact tracing, um, and the restrictions in terms of um, people's uh, interactions with each other um, to try and keep everyone safe. Um, as Janelle said, this is a very, it's a very difficult thing to do when you have a bunch of people living together in one building. Um, and so I think that the, uh, the impact on our community um, is, is obviously potentially large. Um, students are a very large population uh, segment um, here in Madison as our UW faculty and staff. Um, the UW also obviously has a huge economic impact on Madison. Um, and you know, these are the things that we balance through um, the COVID-19 pandemic. But again, I come back to the most important thing is people staying safe and healthy. Um, and I know that our public health department um, and the UW-Madison um, Health Services and administration as a whole is focused on that. And we're all doing the best that we can to limit transmission. The other thing that I would say is that it's really important for everyone in the community, particularly folks on campus, to help us. Um, we need people to take the public health recommendations seriously. And we need people to wear masks. We need people to wash their hands. We need people to stay six feet away from folks that aren't in their bubble or in their household. Um, and most importantly, we need people to make good decisions about what's most important in this time. Um, and I would argue that the health and safety of individuals and our entire community is the most important thing in this time. And I hope people that, pe that people will make decisions accordingly. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you. 
All right. Well, thank you all very much um, for uh, watching our briefing today, and we will be back next week, um, and hope to see you then. Have a good week, everyone.